Episode 48, Caitlin Pyle on how to make seven figures from online courses and outsource almost everything along the way. The Online Course Guy Podcast. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out. It's a good course. It's a good class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the online course guy, Jacques Hopkins. Let's go, go, go. Hey everyone, Jacques Hopkins here and welcome to another edition of the Online Course Guy podcast coming at you today with yet another awesome interview with another very inspirational story. But before we get into that, let me tell you about today's sponsor and that is Bonjoro.com. With Bonjoro, I am able to quickly and easily send a thank you video to everybody that purchases my online course and that is something I highly recommend people do. If you are selling an online course or you plan to do, once you start selling your online course, you want to send a personal video to everybody that signs up. It's just a way, a great way to build rapport, build trust, and really set your student up for success at the beginning so they know you have your back as they go through your course. You can get started with a free trial, 14-day free trial at bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C. Q-U-E-S. On the show today, I was joined by Caitlin Pyle of ProofreadAnywhere.com, as well as a few other websites that you'll hear about in the interview. And Caitlin has been a just crazy success story. She has done multiple seven figures with her online courses. And in their interview, you'll hear about how she got started, how she learned the craft of proofreading first and turned that itself into her own successful business, and then started to teach it to people through her online course. And today she makes new online courses with the help of her team. And her team is extremely incentivized to do a good job because they actually get a percentage of every course sale. So today she does actually very, very little with any of her businesses because so much is outsourced, yet it's as successful as ever. But my favorite thing from today's episode came when Caitlin and I were talking about when people ask us if we thought we'd ever run out of students. I mentioned that that is definitely some feedback that I've gotten from time to time or a question that I've gotten from time to time with my piano course is, hey, won't you one day just kind of run out of students, run out of potential students, and and you won't be able to sell any more copies? And she has gotten the exact same question as well. And here was her response to how silly that question is. Yeah. And nobody ever asked that question about, um, you know, university level stuff. Um, they're like, what if you know, nobody's interested in hiring nurses or teachers or doctors or lawyers anymore, or astronauts. And I mean, there's much lower demand for astronauts, but you can bet your bottom dollar there's like more than enough space, you know, study students. <laughs> and, you know, that's just one example, but it's the demand is growing. And so no, we're never going to run out of students for our online course. If you live like in a small community where there's only a few hundred people and you're teaching something locally, yes you could possibly run out of students. That's one reason to do an online course because your audience is limitless. You're never going to run out of potential students when you have an online course that is available to a global audience. So I'm excited to share with you the full interview with Caitlin Pyle, such an inspirational story. I do want to warn you of one thing though. This is probably the lowest quality audio. Well, the, the audio is, is good. It's just that our connection, it's the lowest quality connection. And so you will notice that Caitlin's voice does come in and out in various parts of the episode. And I just wanted to warn you about that. And I'm really sorry that it happened, but the content is so good 
that I wanted to share it with you anyway. So just bear with me through this episode. I promise it gets better after this. And it's only at certain points during the episode. And you can mostly make out what she's saying when it does cut in and out. Do the best you can. Thank you very much. And I'll see you on the other side. So how did you get into online courses? Uh, totally accidentally. Um, I always say I'm a totally accidental success. I stumbled across something that I didn't even know was going to be a thing. In fact, when I first started, I had no intention of having an online course. And so I wrote, I wrote an ebook and I didn't even know that somebody like me could create an online course. Um, and even to this day, I recommend for people who are like, I don't know if this is going to be a thing, just write it down, write down, write down everything you know about your topic as a start and turn it into an ebook. And then you can kind of use that as your minimum viable product. And you didn't put too much time into it, but you can see whether people are interested. But so that's what I did. I was a freelance proofreader. Uh, from 2007, uh, I didn't start getting really um, serious into it as a freelance side gig until 2009. Um, but from 2000, let's see, 12 and 2000, until 2014, I was doing that as like my primary income, um, doing freelance proofreading, specifically transcripts for court reporters, because I was working in an office, a uh, court reporting office, and that's how I learned to do it. And it just kind of snowballed into this full-time income for me, um, but doing part-time hours. And people were always like, hey, how do you work on your iPad? All I have was like internet and iPad. Even when I didn't have internet, I could still download transcripts and use my iPad to do work from anywhere. And um, so in November 2014, I started a blog called Proofread Anywhere and wrote an ebook and the weekend, just everything I just brain dumped into a document, organized it the best way I knew how. It was a Word document. I still have it. It's abysmal. But they always say, now I always say, if you're not completely embarrassed by your first version of anything, then you didn't do it right. You didn't get it out there to enough people. Um, I, yeah, I just look at it and I still use it as part of my story. I show people to cover the book. Um, I don't give away copies of the original book, um, you know, for safety reasons. If it gets into the wrong hands, people were able to be successful with just the ebook by itself. But um, eventually, I, I think I sold the ebook to like 15 or 16 people and realized, hey, with all these questions coming in, uh, this ebook isn't good enough. And then Ben, my husband, put it into my ear that this could be an online course, my friend and my mastermind made, you know, $3,500 selling an online course on Udemy. And so originally I wanted to like work on Udemy. And then I'm like, wait a second, how can you teach proofreading with 60% video, which is what they required? Because um, most of my content would obviously be reading. So there's lots of PDFs, but they require video content to be 60%. I was like, uh, no. Um, so I figured out how to make it my own on WordPress using premium plugins and membership plugins and stuff like that. Just kind of taught myself as I went along. And in February of 2015, I launched my first online course on my website, my blog, Proofread Anywhere. So you got to a point where you were able to do the actual proofreading basically as a full-time job. You was making full-time income money. So why even go down this this hole of eBooks and online courses when you had gotten to a point where you're doing something I, I suppose you love full-time? Uh, good question. I mean, Ben and I had mostly Ben, Ben's my husband, and he had started listening to podcasts about and learning about, you know, entrepreneurship and marketing and passive income streams, and then eventually online courses. And a lot of people ask me that same question, especially people who came through my very rudimentary sales funnel email series. Uh, they were like, why are you giving away all your secrets? If you're making $40,000 a year as a proofreader, why would you want to help other people um, take your clients? You know, it's scarcity mindset, really. 
Um, in retrospect, I know exactly what that looks like. And I've, I've dealt with that a lot myself. Um, and so I did ask myself that question, like, why would I tell everybody how to do what I do? And it turns out the demand is a lot bigger than I ever thought it was. And you can make a lot more money uh, teaching people what you know, being generous and sharing what you know, rather than keeping it all to yourself. And so it really turned into a win-win situation. People, my in-laws would, would ask me, you know, what happens if you run out of people who are interested in proofreading? And that has not happened. That number has only gone up. And now we have two online courses in proofreading. That's another thing I told myself. It's like, oh, I'll only ever have one course where it's a particular specific type people kept asking audiences, can you teach us books and for authors? Um, like how do I work with somebody like you? How do I in that way? So I came out with a second language in April of last year. It's going to be, but it's our number one. So we'll go through that for advanced course. It came out with originally. So yeah, just being generous and creating win-win situations for people. And I'm, I make that part of my journey as well. I'm like, hey, I started with proofreading and now I'm doing this, 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 and this and all these things. What could proofreading do for you? What doors could open for you? I've got so many success stories of people who have pivoted from proofreading just the same way I did. And and they share that. They're like, I didn't fail the proofreading course because I didn't out on the other end of proofreading. Um, I missed it because through doing this, I found what I'm really passionate about. And in a way that was the way it, for me, um, I didn't call myself passionate about reading, which is something that I was naturally good at. And so I just rolled with it. And so I think that's a mistake. Some people make is way to figure out what their, their thing is, what their, their passion is. And so they're like, I don't know if it's proof, but I'm really good at it. I'm like, sounds like my story. And you just never know until you take those steps. Cause you could spend your waiting for that room the ready bus like the ready bus to come along you hop on that perfect bus is exactly where you want to go where you think you want to go but the best thing you can do is get on any bus that's moving forward <laughs> and then worst case scenario you hop off that bus wait for the next one that's going in a different direction or you know different area and uh just get it started so Awesome. I, it's so funny what you said about your, your in-laws or whatever it was about saying that, aren't you going to run out of people to sell to? Because I get that same feedback about my piano course. Like, don't you know there's like seven or eight billion people on this earth? And there's always like new people coming into the earth too. So like, there's never going to, you're never going to run out of, of students, especially when you have a global audience like like both of us do. Yeah. And nobody ever asked that question about, um, you know, university level stuff. Um, they're like, what if you know, nobody's interested in hiring nurses or teachers or doctors or lawyers anymore, astronauts. And I mean, there's much lower demand for astronauts, but you can bet your bottom dollar, there's like more than enough space, you know, study students. (laughs) And, you know, that's just one example, but it's, the demand is growing. And especially in a a niche like proofreading, how many self-publishing is booming. Um, And so as more people publish, Text is going to be king forever. I know everybody says video is king, but videos aren't going to be found unless you have text to go along with it. <laughs> and if that text is not properly formatted or you know, your punctuation is missing, all matter of things could go wrong. I mean, even in my small audience, people see when I have a typo, which happens as many proofreaders as I have that work with me, we still have typos come through and that you know does a number on credibility. And it's probably more for me than for other people, other bloggers, but... I know that those people exist. And if you've got typos all over your website because you didn't bother to have stuff proofread, then that could cost you sales. I've seen it happen to me. And I know if it happens to me, it has to happen to other people. 
So let's talk about the time from when you made the decision to move forward with an online course to when you were actually able to launch it. Because one people, one thing people struggle with that have this passion about something, something they're good at, such as proofreading, it's like, okay, but I don't know how to do online marketing and make a course and all that. So what steps did you take and did you learn those steps from somebody? Um, Google, uh, Google University, uh, I, for a long time used, I don't know how as an excuse. And so that's part of my message to all my community members now is don't use that as an excuse to not learn because learning will change everything. And it changed my life. Absolutely. So just by starting to Google how to start an online course on WordPress, I found different plugins. And a lot of times like people who make the software will teach you how to make the online course. And so you don't necessarily have to take a course on creating an online course because they make it so easy and even use something like teachable or thinkific I, I don't use either one of those um, I use WP courseware it's a premium plugin um, I just wanted to have full control over everything and I love it so and their service is great so um, I had been using them for since the very beginning and just built my own online course and if you can learn to use and the learning curve is short I mean it's inevitable. You're going to have to learn new stuff. You're going to bang your head against the wall, your computer screen, like want to throw your computer out the window. Uh, that's going to happen, but it's not going to last forever. And so if you just like look at those bumps in the road as reasons to turn around and go home, that sucks. Uh, but if you look at those as these are temporary, um, once you learn the language of WordPress, you know it and it's not like you can forget it. And so it's the same with learning any new piece of software. You just have to use it. And learn it and um, the beauty of it is that you can just tweak as you go along like the proofreading course I released in 2015 has gone through many many updates and upgrades and reiterations and additions and subtractions and rearranging and things like that and so you can always make it better and if you think you're just gonna crank out a product and leave it that way um, I mean that's gonna cost you because people are going to notice that you're just like, Oh, I just want to make this thing and leave it alone and just sell it, you know, and you've got to be invested in quality and, and value if you want to stand out and get results for the people. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is if you don't do those things then results are going to be fewer and further between as your stuff gets outdated, maybe, or you're not answering the proper amount of questions and, yeah. So I think I over answered, <laughs> but <laughs> well, well, look on that note, I mean, I'm curious to, to know what all that you actually have to do inside the business, your proofread anywhere business today, because you spend all this time tweaking, optimizing the course and it's been very successful. What work do you have to do on it today? If any, um, so I've got a team now, uh, which has been amazing. I mean, at first it was all me and you can just ask Ben, <laughs> he'll tell you, he's like, I didn't see her for days. Like I was always like head down at the computer. Like just, I was a workaholic, like 14, 16 hour days. Even when we were traveling in South America, we built the majority of proofread anywhere while we were traveling in South America and like slow traveling, living abroad. Um, as long as we had internet, you know, we could do stuff. And so, um, in Airbnbs in Argentina, man, I'm cranking away, just doing things on my own. And but things changed a lot uh, when uh, we had our five-year wedding anniversary in 2016, and uh, we wanted to take a three-week trip that included a two-week, you know, completely unplugged cruise um, from one side of South America all the way around to the other. And we knew we were going to have to have somebody to man the ship while we were uh, on a ship, <laughs> literally. So. Um, we ended up hiring from within a lot. And to this day, we find people to be on our team, like whether it's answering emails or grading tests, because we have very academic style courses. 
um, managing Facebook groups, doing video design. We find them from within our community. People have taken one of our online courses. Um, and, you know, I've got other stuff beyond Proofread Anywhere. Um, we've got work at home school. And so, you know, we hire from within there as well. Um, everybody wants to work at home. So it's not hard to find people that are willing to, especially, and I love to groom people from, from the very beginning. Um, so they're brand new. So my first virtual assistant, she was a graduate of my course. I just saw how helpful she was and eager to learn. And she soaked things up like a sponge. Her name was Katie and she still works with us like on much higher level stuff. So she's grown a lot. Probably one of my biggest success stories actually flew out and visited her last fall. Um, and we made a video like documentary type testimonial thing. Um, about her success because she started proofreading and then added on transcription and then she got really interested in doing virtual assisting and she was my first like office manager so she learned about all that and now she does all kinds of stuff for me and other higher level bloggers and yeah so just delegating I do a lot my most of my job now is delegating I've got like my whole second course was built by my team um I, to this day, um, have seen very little of the content because I trust them so much. And I also gave them skin in the game. They get 5% each. There's two, two of my team members. They get 5% of the revenue each um, on the sales of that course um, in exchange for you know, their loyalty. I bought their loyalty is what I like to say. I'm like, you, and if they ever leave our company, um, it's a contract position. If they ever leave, then we'll absorb that 5%. So we basically made it a no-brainer to you know, stick around and be a valuable part of our team. And, and they of course love it and they're making a lot of money because <laughs> we're doing a really good job selling the courses and uh, it's only up from here. So a lot of my job now is kind of the ideas person. Um, they bounce things off of me. If they have an idea, they'll send it to me. I'll be like, this won't work because, or that's great. Let's take it to awesome. And here's what I would change, how to make it you know, even better and then quality control. And so, and that, and that's been a growing pain in some ways because I'll get, you know, work that's only half done and I'll be like, I don't want to see this until I can almost hit publish on it. You know, I've got people, um, you know, that write drafts, drafts of articles and then I go through and edit it and stuff like that. And, uh, I used to have to do a lot more of that stuff myself. And now like, for example, we're redoing one of our video sales letters for uh, one of our courses. And, uh, I used to have to go through and like make sure everything was right. And now I just got like the new version of it. I'm like, what? I don't even have to do anything. I can just record it and read the script and that's all I have to do. So we've all grown a lot of the team, um, to where my stress level is really low and I can just show up and be who I am and do the things only I can do versus all the in, in the business stuff, like the day to day stuff. I'm not as involved with anymore, which is just really nice. Um, but I had to work my tail end off for it. I think a lot of us are sold this idea of a lifestyle business, right? And that's absolutely what I have now. Um, but it, it takes work to get it that way. And if you don't know how to steer your own ship, you don't do the work to learn how to, how everything works. You don't put things in place. Then how can you even train a team? How can you trust your, you know, crew with steering your ship kind of thing. So you've got to put in the time, which I absolutely did. And now I find myself bored sometimes. I'm like, geez, I'm kind of just waiting for things to be. It's like a lot of us on a renovation right now under construction and new things. So I'm just kind of waiting until somebody gives me something to do, <laughs> which is nice. Um, I don't like being told what to do unless it was my idea. And then I'm like, just tell me when you're ready for me to do the thing. And then I'm fine being told what to do. And it's nice having, not having to be the only one who, owns the thing. I've got people who have skin in the game. And so they're very invested in the success. And it's not just me like moving people across the chessboard. Um, I trust them and I reward them uh, very well. And so 
and it pays off. You know, maybe could I make more money if I did more of the stuff myself and pay less to other people? Maybe, but what kind of life is that doing it all yourself? And I love, there's love involving my team. Um, I just think we've become kind of like a happy family. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It sounds like you've gotten to a point where you're only doing the things that you absolutely want to and have to do and everything else else is outsourced. And uh, that's kind of a, a place where I've, I've tried to and, and have pretty much gotten myself and people come to me and they, they say, well, how, how can I outsource everything like you have when they like haven't even started yet? And so it sounds like you have just it's been a slow progression to get where you are today. You wouldn't have been able to start out like this. And when you got the idea for your course, it's like, okay, let's hire a team and, and get to this point really, really quickly. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that at all. Um, <laughs> I, I think the reason that I, uh, I mean, many people look at as starting in 2014, um, it's 2018, late 2014. So it hasn't even been four years yet. A lot of people would see where I've come in that time and say, wow, that was really fast. Um, and it kind of is, you know, a lot of people are like four years and they're still doing everything themselves. And maybe that at some point, you know, it's probably a scarcity mindset where they're like, oh, if I can do it myself, why pay somebody else to do it? And so there's a, comes a time where if you've got, if you're making like five, $10,000 a month from your blog or your online course business, or whatever you and you're still by yourself, like you've got to hire help. You can't grow unless you let go. Hey, I rhymed. Uh, but that's true. Like you, if you want to grow, you have to let go at some point. So I think there's um, two sides to that where people just want to rush and outsource everything and just have somebody do it for them because they don't want to do the work or they feel like they can't or, um, or they're sold in some way that, you know, it's a headache to create your own online course. So pay me 50 grand and I'll do it or whatever. Like, there's obviously those traps that you can fall into, but I'm definitely a proponent of putting in the work yourself, learning how the system works, making sure you know what's going on. So in case something breaks, like you're not left in the dark, maybe you can even fix it yourself. That's, that's empowering. Um, but, but also being, you know, knowing when it's time to let go when you've got revenue generating, you've got to spend money to make money. And if you're not willing to see your bank, if you want to see your bank account balance go up, you've got to be willing to see it go down a little bit first because it will, it's an investment. It's not, you're not spending money all the time on your business. Um, it's an investment. And I had to make that mind shift, mindset shift uh, myself several times. <laughs> so back in 2014, when you were working on your first course, knowing everything that you know today, is there anything you would have done differently back then? Hmm. That's a good question. I probably wouldn't have. Um, so just kind of piggybacking off of, um, you know, the knowing when to delegate, knowing when to not do everything yourself. I did my own website, uh, like design for myself. Um, and I probably would have, and it, would t it was like pulling teeth and Ben will laugh about this. Uh, and I laugh about it now too, but he was like, you should just get a professional design and not do it all yourself. It will make a difference. And I was like, well, this, is converting well, you know, we're making money. And yeah, we were making plenty of money at that point. But um, the website does look a lot better with a professional design that I didn't do myself. So um, I probably would have done that sooner instead of saying, you know, because uh, it was a good investment um, to get a, a nice website. That was just like a big, it was probably like $5,000. So it probably wasn't, um, maybe it was closer to seven, but it wasn't like a huge investment. But at that point in my business, less than a year in, it was it was a big investment. And in my mind, I still kind of thought like, why spend the money if I can just manage the website myself or making money or whatever. But 
it does give you a better um, vibe of credibility, I think, if you've got a professional-looking website versus something that you clearly did yourself with a premium theme. <laughs> so with, with your courses, you're, you're directly teaching people or you're teaching people to directly earn money, earn income, potentially have a full-time job if they want it to be. Do you think that you would have been as successful as you are if you were teaching a course on a topic that maybe didn't directly make somebody money? Yeah. I mean, I've got experience with that. Uh, we have a mindset course and it's really hard to sell. Um, we make sales. Of course, part of it is me not pushing it and not really caring as much about it as my other ones just because it's just very secondary um, on my plate at the moment. But it's it's hard to sell something like mindset as an example to people with mindset issues because <laughs> that's like going to be their block, you know? Um, kind of a catch-22. Yeah, it's definitely harder. And I've had lots of chats. We've got like a little marketer gathering here in Orlando several times a month. And um, I was just chatting with somebody about that. They are really good at dancing and they want to start selling some kind of dance um, product. And uh, his name's Steve. I'm like, Steve, um, you can't just start going on Facebook and say, hey, you want to learn how to dance? Buy this thing. Or like, here's my free video series. He's awkward, uh, you know, have a hard time meeting women because he has described many times to me how learning to dance helped him overcome and become this really confident guy despite being overweight, despite, you know, not having a lot of confidence. Um, otherwise, he has become this really confident guy. And I was like, you've got to tie it to health, wealth, and relationships in some way. And if you could do that, um, even be kind of fun with it, like interview some of the women that you've dated or women that you've danced with, and then talk to them about how awesome it is to be able to dance as a guy, like what that could do for them to sell, sell them what they want, but give them what they need. And so dance skills will help them have X, Y, and Z. And then you'll probably have a way easier time selling your dance product than if you just said, hey, you want to learn how to dance? Buy this, <laughs> you know? So um, I think it can definitely be done. And same thing with mindset. You know, you can make more money if you have more confidence. If you stop doubting yourself, you'll actually be somewhere in five years. You know, um, get them to start thinking about the possibilities that relate back to better health, more wealth, and, you know, higher quality relationships. So at this point, how many courses do you have? Um, so there's the two proofreading ones. I'm a partner with Transcribe Anywhere. Um, there's two, so there's two transcription courses. I'm a partner with scopeschool.com. Um, I developed that course, um, with my, with the owner of the company, um, how to edit transcripts report reporters. So very, you know, related, uh, things. I've got, uh, Mindset University. Um, and then newest is workathomeschool.com, which launched in February of 2018. And uh, that's actually a multi-contributor product. So while I've got my own courses inside, it's like a virtual school building. So um, it's a high-level lead generation as well. And so we've got all of our contributors that put in a course valued at $300 or less. Um, they've, all, they've all got more stuff to sell on the back end. And so we basically send them buyers through Work at Home School. They get a lot of great value. And so if, some, if nobody buys anything... Um, Beyond what's in work at home school, that's still great. They're still on their list. They could sell other things. Um, but the value of it is that, you know, regardless of whether they go beyond work at home school, they're going to get a lot of value and it's just a win-win situation. So that's the newest one we have. Um, so it's not even exactly an online course. It's like a membership site where they can have access to a plethora of online courses contributed by our, our, our instructors is what we call them. So I want to I want to focus in on just one of them. Um, proofread anywhere if that's okay. Sure. What does like the, the maybe the sales funnel look like for that? 
Yeah. So there's two different online courses. The first one, it's to this day, still a seven day intro course. That's what we started with. And we just streamlined it a little bit, use better sales pages, um, tweak the copy layouts, things like that. Um, to answer more frequently asked questions to increase engagement things like that. It's just a seven day intro course to proofreading transcripts or core reporters and day seven is like a summary email. And then, um, it sends them to a sales page to enroll in the first level, which is only $77. Um, so it's kind of a no brainer. We actually don't sell that online course, even though it's a $1,200 course, we sell it in pieces. Um, because it's very academic. And if you don't pass the first test, you don't, you're not actually allowed to buy the second, <laughs> the second half. So, um, and so on and so forth. There's a test at the end of every section. So we don't sell it by itself. Um, and then the most popular funnel we have, um, this is our general proofreading course where you can learn how to start a proofreading business for bloggers, entrepreneurs, you know, authors, all that, um, is a very simple automated webinar video sales letter sequence. And so the opt-in is synthesis for easy for affiliates as well. Um, opt-in is simply, Hey, check out this free workshop. It's 45 minutes and you're going to learn bullet points. You know, you know what a proofreader does and doesn't do, um, where to find your first client, things that are, you know, people want to know, Hey, I'm really good at proofreading. How can I get started? It's a beginner workshop. And then of course the second half of that is, um, a pitch, you know, to let me help them um, get their business started with our general proofreading theory and practice online course. And so it's very Russell Brunson, uh, ClickFunnels style webinar script, um, totally recorded. I've never done it live, um, which I kind of break Russell Brunson's rules on that. If you're familiar with how he says, do it 50 times live. I've never done it live. I just followed his, you know, sequenced exactly. I'm really good at scripting things and speaking from a script. And so we just launched it in April of last year. And, um, it's done really well. A couple, couple million dollars in sales so far, um, from, uh, from that funnel. So we like to keep things simple. Um, yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's simple and effective. I mean, I'm at, I'm at proofreadanywhere.com and it says, you know, right in front of your face, it says, we help proofreaders earn extra income from anywhere in the world. Even if you're starting from scratch learn more. It just scrolls me down a little bit and I can either click on free intro workshop, which is what you were just talking about, which is basically an evergreen webinar and then the free intro course. And those are the two big calls to action. And I guess those are the two main funnels that you have that you are the top of tops of the funnels. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, the general proofreading course appeals to a larger audience because some people are like, I don't want to proofread transcripts or court reporters. That sounds boring. Other people are like, wow, that sounds really intriguing and interesting. Like reading court cases and jury selection and you know trials and stuff like that. And it can be really, really interesting. It can pay more. Um, the work is, can be uh, more consistent because you have repeat clients working in the court reporter. So there's pros and cons to both types. Um, but yeah, yeah, we like to, and we have follow-up sequences um, for that workshop. So people miss it and we'll email them on the replay. And then there's kind of like a, an email sequence. I think we've got 12, no, we've got 17 emails in the sequence. Um, and of course they're subtracted out of that sequence if they do become a buyer. So they don't continue getting sales emails. That's smart. It's not something I did originally. I was just like, I have one email list and they're all going to get my sales emails. And I had no way I was using MailChimp and I'm like, I don't know how to segment. Like I don't know how to have my system tell MailChimp that somebody's a buy. I don't know how to do that. So I just didn't bother with it. And I think that's something important too is when you're first starting out is like, don't worry about doing everything perfectly. Um, <laughs> Cause I would even just admit it. I'd be like, sorry guys, I know that some of you already are in my course. So just ignore this email. Like I would just be honest about it. And I think that um, that went a long way in terms of marketing and creating a brand for myself. It's just always being just completely honest with what's going on 
and who I am as a person. And a lot of people have been with me in my proofreading community uh, since the very beginning. And they're just like, wow, I can't, I remember you from back then. And now look at you. So crazy. And I could say the same thing about them. So many of them have come so far since we all kind of started out together. Speaking of honest, you know, one thing with the Evergreen webinar, in, in your case, this workshop, uh, some people try to come across as if it's live when it's really not. Are you, are you, are you clear that it is a recording? Um, I mean, we, it's pretty clear when you sign up and you can go onto the page at any point. Um, I never say that it's a live webinar. Um, I don't explicitly say that it's pre-recorded. Um, but I also don't say that it's live. I say that the next workshop starts in, you know, seven minutes. And if they're on at 3 a.m., of course, I'm not doing a live webinar at 3 a.m. And so if they're not smart enough to figure that out, I don't know if they should be in my course at all. So, um, yeah, I just say, you know, welcome. Thanks for joining me for this workshop. Um, I don't say, you know, leave me a com- I'll maybe say leave a comment below because we've got Facebook comments enabled and whatnot. Um, but it's not like, um, you know, type in the chat box or whatever. And there's no chat box. Like, I don't try to make it seem like a live webinar. And yeah, I'm and that's, that's how I meant to ask the question was, you're, you're not actually saying the word live. You're not no. promoting that it is a live event. And that's how I've heard the best way to do it is don't necessarily hammer home that's the recording, but also don't say that it's live. Um, and then you're, you're not lying about it. It's not, it's not dishonest at all. And that's the, that's the next thing, next thing I was going to ask was about the chat. So you, you're not saying, okay, guys, we're going to have a Q&A at the end and then you just answer some random questions. No, like my automated webinars are generally more like a video sales letter. So it's not even, you don't even see me on the screen. I don't have my iPad in here. I use it as a TV remote mostly right now. But when I do my webinars, it's completely scripted. So every single word I say is on a script somewhere. And so I have my Camtasia running and I'm filming the webinar, um, pressing the space bar when I want to advance slides. But then I also have my iPad, um, pretend this is an iPad, um, <laughs> with each slide on it and then the script below the slide. And so I'll sit there right there with my microphone. I'll probably, I'm recording my new one tomorrow. So I'll, I sit there with my Apple earbuds and I do have a, a fancier podcasting microphone, but it picks up echo not as badly or worse than this right now. Cause not a lot of decorations in my new house yet. So, um, just sit there with this and read the slides uh, right there on the screen. And when I'm done with the script, I advance the next slide, I advance the next slide. And I just, I, then I, um, I'm going to use an editor this time, but the last time I just went through on Camtasia and edited out all the pauses when I was changing slides, edited all the ums, if I went on like a, a rant or an ad lib that wasn't in the script, which I can sometimes do and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So it just depends. I'll edit some of that stuff out. And um, yeah, I'll use an editor this time because we're going to be putting a testimonial video in there and it's a little more complicated. Plus, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> so I just want to record, send it to the editor, and then he makes it awesome. So so is the Evergreen webinar with a, with a good email follow-up sequence, is that kind of your top recommended funnel for people with online courses? Um, I think it's... I would definitely do... I mean, I'm doing it again uh, for working homeschool. Um, I had a, a different funnel right now, but we're working on a, a very similar webinar funnel because depending on how you structure it, and I definitely wouldn't recommend everybody trying to do it pre-recorded like me, especially if they're not used to reading off of scripts and they don't know how to do that, I would absolutely recommend practicing, at least rehearsing some first. Um, But I recently wrote a chapter for a book, uh, like one of those multi-contributor books. 
and was asked to say, you know, if you lost everything and had to start all over, how would you uh, do things? And I absolutely said that I would do an automated webinar sequence uh, or an automated webinar funnel because if you can really deliver value in an automated work like webinar uh, like that, um, that makes people go, wow. And then you can present what you're giving them and then give them a no brainer reason to, to enroll. And so what we do, we're very academic in nature. We, we, instead of saying, you know, you get a fast action discount is what we used to say. And what was currently in our old webinar, we're switching to language to, we're going to give you a $100 scholarship towards your enrollment in this online course. Um, and if you act within 60 minutes of watching this, uh, basically, and uh, changing that language we're excited about because, you know, I try not to use words pay and purchase and money and buy. I don't like using those words because they're online courses. You enroll in them. You register. You pay tuition. You don't pay a fee. I mean, you might pay a fee, but I call it tuition instead of, you know, your payment or whatever. It's all in the language for me, especially if you have a more academic course. Um, but yeah, I absolutely recommend doing that. Would I recommend it for absolutely beginners who are on a tight budget, maybe don't know how to do video editing themselves or can't hire an editor? Um, maybe not. I think a good email course is a good place to start. And that's where I started. Um, and I only said, you know, if I had to start all over, I would do the automated webinar sequence or funnel uh, because it was under the impression, like, I knew what I knew now. But if I were back in the beginning, I probably would have started with no knowledge with an email course. And that's still a very popular funnel is, you know, sending people through a series of emails where day one is a lesson. Day two is a lesson day three. And mine's a seven day course. I've got a couple other, you know, seven day courses um, with my other brands that work really well. And then basically just give them a lot of value. And oftentimes your email course content could translate into um, content for a workshop. So um, get that content out there, tweak it, figure out what people want to know. Um, it's way easier to create an email course than it is to create a webinar. And so kind of use that as your, your figure out what works and what people want to know. And then you'll know what stuff's going to be hot in, in an automated webinar rather than going through all the work and creating it and finding out that people actually don't want to know about <laughs> this. They want to know about that. And then you've already created it. So this is a good place to start as a beginner, I think, with the email course. The other thing that really jumped out at me on your website that I wanted to ask you about is at the bottom right, the chat bot. And a lot of times you'll go to a website and see it's it's somebody initiating conversation and it's it's almost like a customer support and you can type in and they may or may not respond. But yours looks like it's connected to simply Facebook Messenger. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So that's actually a team member who's really good at all that. Our community manager, Talia, is uh, in charge of doing chatbots. So I don't know a lot about it uh, other than, you know, just like people really like it and they you know, leave us messages. I'm still really not clear on how the messages get answered because if a lot of people are opting in for the bot, then your messenger shows you all those automated messages in your inbox and replies and stuff. So how do you see the stuff that's like organic and not through the bot or something. I have no idea how that works, uh, to be completely honest. But um, I'm excited that we have some way to contact us um, right there. And I think the bot is there's like a small sequence and everything pushes people towards our automated webinar. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that that's the basic setup is that if they're interested in becoming a proofreader, we just send them to the webinar, like sign up for the webinar. So many questions are answered in our website. I've spent thousands of hours writing fact posts and um, if you want to be a proofreader and you don't have time to read, uh, hey, how do I become a proofreader? Read 
I spent a lot of time putting all this together and there's so much information, but they just want like, you know, the spoon fed and like, that's not what a proofreader does. You can't be um, a good proofreader and also expect for people to do the work for you. So practice your reading. Maybe you'll find a typo is what I would say. <laughs> like if you find any typos, let me know. And that's always, instead of just saying, Hey, go read my website. I make a joke out of it. And I say, Hey, if you find a typo, let me know. And I'll give you a discount or something like that. Nice. Just to entice them to practice. And cause I could very well be a potential client. I've hired so many of my graduates, um, so many of them. And so I always say, you know, if you find a typo, it's not a reason to get mad at me. It's a reason to be hey, reason to stand out really. And so, yeah, it kind of takes off of, you know, an otherwise like stop wasting time email, um, and encourage them to, you know, use their proofreading skills and go read my website. Okay, Lynn, it's been a pleasure to, to catch up with you and uh, learn all about this. I'm fascinated by um, a lot of the, the advice you've, uh, you've given to everybody, but I'm going to take a lot of it myself. And so in closing, why don't you just let uh, everybody know if there's, uh, share, if there's anything else you want to share with the audience and let everybody know where they can find your stuff online. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to Google find me on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Um, just look up Caitlin Pyle and you should find me. Just don't spell my name with a K or a Y. It would be funny. Uh, it would be Surprised to know my proofreading community spell my name incorrectly. Uh, it's a little bit ironic, but uh, feel free to look me up. Uh, you can go to caitlinpile.co as well if you like to get on my email list and see how I use email to drive sales organically as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Caitlin. All right. Thanks for sticking around for another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. And thank you for bearing with me through those connection issues during this episode. But I hope that you've gotten just as much as I did out of this interview with Caitlin Pyle. You can find all the detailed show notes, all the links, everything that Caitlin talked about at theonlinecourseguy.com slash 48. And don't forget to check out our sponsor today by visiting bonjouro.com slash Jacques. You can get a 14-day free trial of Bonjouro. Send personalized videos very simply and easily to your customers. Again, that's bonjouro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. And for those of you that are ready to start your online course or you have an online course that just hasn't reached your goals yet, I've got a free online workshop waiting for you. Head to the onlinecourseguide.com and check that out. And stay tuned for the next episode, episode 49 with Jeremy Deegan. And in this episode 49, we're going to talk all about Udemy. I haven't actually had anybody on the show yet who hosts their courses on Udemy, but Jeremy is going to change that. He's got 12 successful courses on Udemy. He educated me and he's going to educate you all about how to be successful with Udemy. So that's coming up next time on the Online Course Guy podcast. <laughs>